you know, BHP, for instance, uh, and others have probably had a relatively better performance than some of the stocks in the uh, um, Australian Stock Exchange. So, look, yeah, that is a that is a key factor for us is that external account and, and the support from uh, from the trade sector with China. Uh, and having China uh, with an appetite to buy uh, resources is very good for us. Yeah, I remember 2000, 2008, when the fiscal crisis hit, uh, Canada and Australia did pretty well on the back of a, a bit of a commodity boom. Well, not a bit. It was a big commodity boom uh, when U.S. and Europe were suffering. So hopefully that'll be a, a bright spot for Australia to keep their sunny skies blue and bright. Uh, we'd like to thank you very much, Toby Lawson, Head of Global Markets at Societe Generale Australia, for joining us today. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Okay, people, we're having a look at the markets that are open in Asia. The Australian uh, ASX 200 is up 0.55%. The Kospi is up and the Nikkei is up over a percent uh, already this morning. We'd like to thank everybody for joining us today as you head out into Hong Kong, maybe to get a drink. Uh, the maximum temperature today about 22 degrees, mainly cloudy with one or two rain patches, but unseasonably cool for April. We'll take it. Thank you very much. I'm Andrew Work, and this was Money Talk. It's 8.31. Samantha Butler has the half-hour news. The coronavirus pandemic has continued to spread rapidly with more than a million people infected worldwide. The number of cases has doubled in the past week. In all, more than 50,000 people have died since December. The United States accounts for about a quarter of all cases. Spain announced one of the highest number of coronavirus deaths in a single day anywhere in the world, 950. Italy remains the worst hit European country, as the BBC's Gavin Lee reports. In northern Italy, the first European region to face strict confinement measures, more than 7,000 people have died, half of the total number for the country. Milan's main crematorium can no longer carry out new cremations because of a sharp increase in deaths over the past few days. Bodies of the dead will have to be sent to other cities for the rest of the month, while staff cope with a 20-day backlog. Officials have said a longer wait would cause critical hygiene problems with a serious risk of spreading the virus. A notable rise has been the number of deaths in care homes, doubling in the past week. There's been a huge increase in the number of unemployment claims in the United States in the past week because of the coronavirus. The latest figure is 6.6 million, more than double last week's. Service industries were especially affected with accommodation and food services hit hard. Speaking at his regular coronavirus briefing, President Trump urged small businesses to keep their staff. I want to remind small business owners across America that the Paycheck Protection Program is launching tomorrow. Nearly $350 billion in loans will be available to small businesses, including sole proprietors. These loans are up to 100 percent forgivable as long as employers keep paying their workers. Got to take care of your workers. Swedish ministers have been defending the government's decision to allow pubs, shops and most schools to remain open despite the coronavirus. The deputy prime minister said it was in line with the need for a long-term approach. Here's the BBC's Maddie Savage. Politicians had one clear message. Battling the coronavirus is a marathon, not a sprint. The Deputy Prime Minister Isabella Levin said that policies were being designed to work for months rather than weeks and said the Swedish public was largely following its recommendations so far, like working from home and avoiding unnecessary travel. The Swedish Public Health Agency's estimates for future infection rates have been called into question, both at home and abroad. But ministers insisted they trust the authorities. Scientists. You're listening to the news on RTHK.
Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today is Danny Gittings. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. Should the legal profession get a bailout too? Lawyers in Hong Kong say they want to be included in any financial relief or subsidies from the government, saying they have also been badly hit by the coronavirus epidemic. The Bar Association has written to the financial secretary, urging the administration to consider offering financial assistance to its members so they can survive the hardships. Are you sympathetic? Do you think it's justified? What sort of help do they need? Should all sectors get help? Later, we're going to be joined by Hong Kong First Lawmaker Claudia Mo, talking about the effectiveness of the latest COVID-19 measures in Hong Kong, controlling the spread as the government changes its mind on bars. Let us know your thoughts, your questions and comments. Welcome. You can comment on our Facebook page. That's Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can give us a call. And our telephone number is 233-88266. 233-88266. We look forward to hearing from you. We're uh, joined for the first part of the programme by Philip Dykes, who's chairman of the Hong Kong Bar Association, and uh, CM Chan, who's vice president of the Law Society of Hong Kong once again. Uh, if you want to comment, backchat at rthk.hk or 233-88266. A couple of emails um, to uh, start with. This is uh, from Alonzo with the subject line uh, asymptomatic carriers. Alonso says, The BMJ Medical Journal, citing China's National Health Commission, reports that almost 80% of people who were positive for COVID-19 in a day's testing in China this week displayed no obvious signs of the virus. This would suggest that the temperature checking system currently in place at airports, as well as some buildings and shops, is of limited use in screening for infected individuals, allowing scores of asymptomatic carriers to spread the virus to the broader public. In order to stem the rising threat of imported cases, the government should order all travellers to Hong Kong, both residents and non-residents, to have COVID-19 tests before they can board their flights. Anyone without a negative result finding should be barred from boarding their flight. If we had such a policy in place over the past few weeks, we could have prevented scores of imported cases. That comes from Alonso. Thank you very much indeed for that. And we're joined uh, for the first part of the programme by Philip Dykes, Chair of the Hong Kong Bar Association, and CM Chan, Vice President of the Law Society of Hong Kong. Good morning. Welcome to Back Chat. Morning. Right, Philip Dykes, let's go to you first. Um, the, yeah. the courts have now been closed with a, just a short interval when they reopened. Uh, they've been basically closed since late January, that's right, isn't it? Apart from... Um, that's, that's, that's in effect, since the very end of January. Yeah, which is extraordinary. I mean, presumably we'd have to look back, I would imagine, to the Second World War to see anything like this. I think you would. I think you would have been. Yeah, and and what other countries? What other countries hit by the coronavirus haven't been doing this, have they? Surely, I mean, we're it's it's, it's something unique to Hong Kong that we've had our courts closed for such a long time. No, that's not so. The um, the impact of coronavirus is uh, beginning to make itself felt in other jurisdictions. Uh, you mentioned I wrote a letter to financial secretary asking for assistance. Uh, my counterpart, Ning the Well, has done the same. And so has um, the chairman of the New South Wales Bar. Uh, they made the point that their members, uh, a great majority of them, depend exclusively on court work. And if there's no court open, they don't work. Well, but lawyers are not exactly the most poorly paid members of society, are they? You can no, understand there might be a perception dif difficulty no, here. No, no, no. The argument goes this way. Self-employed people should be included in any package which the government um, puts forward by way of relief or assistance because self-employed people like 
corporations and other business entities provide a valuable economic service in society. They can be the muscles, you might regard the self-employed as the sinews. Um, if that is recognized, uh, then um, compensation should be awarded to the self-employed. Then you start to look at the individual categories of self-employed, then you look at lawyers and see what they need. Barristers need may differ from the, the needs of the solicitor, but the principle is you're making relief available to a component that contributes to the economic well-being of Hong Kong has done, and it's only fair if you're going to uh, offer assistance to other economic entities, you do the same to those who provide legal services. Uh, if you offered the same kind of wage that's being offered to other people, to bar workers or something like that, to a lawyer, could a lawyer live on that? Is that what yeah, you're yeah. asking? Well, give them give them fifteen thousand dollars a year or something uh, a month. And the thing is, is better than nothing. What what barristers are concerned about really is weathering the storm by meeting obligations to pay rent, uh, change expenses, paying for their employees. Uh, a barrister um, in uh, medium-sized chambers could be paying twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars a month just just to clear those overheads. So some some financial relief that goes some way to meeting that will be most welcome. Well, isn't that a matter for, I mean, I imagine the largest component there is chambers rent. That's a, that's a matter for landlords, the same as um, landlords of restaurants and so on, and any, any other... That's right, premises. that's right, that's right, that's right. So shouldn't you, rather than asking the government to help pay lawyers, you should be asking uh, landlords to be providing rent relief? That is that that has been prayed for by other persons, and we hope that they would do that. But the important thing is you provide relief immediately. Okay. Okay. At the, at the same time, just, like, just, just before we go on, um, at the same time, you know, we have had uh, calls for uh, speeding up uh, the process of dealing with a lot of cases, you know, stemming from yeah. the from the disturbances last year. Um, and uh, wouldn't that be the answer to to um, uh, allow, you know, change the law or the rules or whatever, so that the, the more can be done away from the from the courtrooms and things like this, and, and to get going I, on I, that, I, give I, you business. I now. agree. I agree entirely. I know the judiciary is working towards uh, providing for more remote hearings, but there are limits on this. You can't have remote criminal trials. You can't you know, have a, a judge in one place and counsel in another place and a defendant somewhere else and have a criminal trial. Uh, that, why not? What's, what, why not? Why, why, why not? Because we don't have the legislation in place to deal with it. I wrote uh, to the um, uh, uh, letter recently that I would urge that um, emergency legislation be brought in, if this is going to continue for several more months, to deal with that situation. Oh, uh, as to the civil side, there's more flexibility. Uh, some, some applications can be dealt with remotely, and the judiciary is dealing out to, to do more of those. But I'm concerned about... Uh, the, my younger members, members who are five, six, seven years core, it's about uh, 30, 40 percent of my membership, who go to the criminal courts regularly. They have no work. 
You said emergency leg- legislation. Are you thinking of the emergency regulations ordinance? No, I'm not. I don't so. You can emergency primary legislation, which would require meetings of legislative council, bills yeah, committee, yeah, and so on, yeah, yeah, yeah. and take months. Well, uh, yeah, uh, similar, similar. Sorry, can I just pause? Similar legislation was uh, was enacted in the United Kingdom uh, last week. It took about a day to get the bill put through. And that made provision for remote hearings in other cases, in certain kinds of cases. Okay. It can be done. We will. Okay, let's bring in here uh, CM Chan, Vice President of the uh, Law Society of Hong Kong. Good morning, Mr. Chan. Morning. Um, uh, I mean, on the point of the uh, remote hearings uh, in Hong Kong, uh, incidentally, the, uh, uh, the judiciary actually issued a guidance note yesterday uh, for remote hearings, uh, for, for civil case uh, at least. Um, I mean, that's a very good first step. Um, the judiciary now encouraged uh, uh, cases to be disposed uh, by paper disposal, meaning if there's no witnesses involved, then basically you can uh, deal with the, uh, the, the, the cases without actual physical presence. Um, so that's a good start. But I must say that uh, uh, Hong Kong judiciary is uh, lagging behind in terms of technology. And in, in, from that sense, the, the law society has been in uh, close contact with the judiciary uh, with a view to updating the technology uh, in, in courtrooms. Uh, there is a, an IT courtroom in the high court, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's underused and it's not very popular. But I, like I said, you know, the guidance note issued yesterday is a very good first start. Uh, let's compare to other jurisdictions, for example, in Singapore, uh, they started their uh, technology called more than 10 years ago. Uh, even in criminal cases, uh, basically nowadays in, in, in Singapore is basically a paperless system, uh, and Hong Kong is, is, is still a paper-based uh, system, which which is uh, not very satisfactory. Uh, and this problem is uh, heightened during the uh, outbreak of the the, the virus. Um, and how have you, how you, you, the Law Society of Hong Kong representing solicitors? How have solicitors been affected by current events? Because not all solicitors work on court hearings. You have a much, you have a much wider variety of work, don't you? That, that, that's true. Um, I may give you some, some basic data first. There are roughly about uh, 12,000 solicitors in Hong Kong. There are roughly 930 law firms in Hong Kong. But in fact, uh, over 90% of these uh, 900 law firms are small and medium-sized firms. Uh, meaning five partners or below. So they're really, really small practices, SMEs. Um, uh, basically, we employ roughly 16,000 unqualified staff, you know, paralegals, uh, legal clerks, all, all that. So, so like all other sectors in Hong Kong, we are uh, hugely affected by the outbreak. Um, but, uh, even though you don't do litigation, the courtroom are closed, uh, you don't do litigation, but for the commercial side, uh, the deals are being delayed. Uh, the clients are not coming into Hong Kong to see you. So uh, uh, for, for commercial deals as well, uh, the, the, the cases are less and less. So we, we are facing a, a big, big problem. Um, uh, the host uh, and, and Mr. Dykes mentioned about the, uh, the rental thing. The Law Society actually uh, written to uh, the real estate uh, developers uh, association and asking them to uh, consider reducing rents for our members. Um, and we've also been in contact with uh, some banks, the Association of Banks, 
um, and uh, uh, pleading uh, them to uh, grant loans to uh, our members, especially uh, small and medium-sized firms. But you're not actually you're not actually being shut down like bars and karaoke parlors and uh, and, and so so many other categories of uh, businesses in Hong Kong. You could say that on the list you're you're, you're actually rather lower down because yes your business may be dropping off, but you you can still function. Uh, we're not closed down by law, obviously, uh, but uh, because of the, uh, the the we also try to reduce. Uh, uh, social uh, contact, you know, uh, distancing. So, so many of us are, are working remotely from home. I'm, I'm talking to you from home now, uh, but, but that, that obviously have a big impact on, on all, all sorts of uh, business. Uh, we had an, an email the other day from somebody saying that uh, uh, dance teachers are suffering in the current condition and, and that they should be supported by the government. Um, you know, should dance teachers be supported if you're supporting lawyers? How do you decide who gets money and who doesn't? Um, there's a, there's a dangerous I mean, question. Mr Chan, go on. Obviously, uh, speaking, uh, wearing my hat as the uh, vice president of law society, I also, obviously I welcome all sorts of assistances from the government. But one, one thing I do want to point out that, uh, you know, with all these uh, new regulations coming out, under the prevention of disease and control ordinance, uh, there are actually quite a lot of uncertainties. Uh, for example, the bars and pubs are closed, uh, you know, and announced last, uh, yesterday. Uh, w what do you mean by uh, establishment mainly or exclusively selling uh, alcoholic, uh, uh, intoxicating alcohols? Uh, what do you mean by mainly? So there are a lot of confusions. Uh, and take another example. So are you uh, saying there's business for you there as, as lawyers advising on this kind of thing? It sounds, sounds to me a bit like that's why you're saying that there's a silver lining in this, um, that um, legal uncertainties will, will create some business. Well, what, what I'm trying to say is you know, the government uh, can issue more uh, guide, guidance, guidelines to us. Uh, and another example I was trying to say is uh, uh, the, the, the public gathering uh, prohibition uh, uh, there are exemptions for uh, official functions. For example, if you hold an annual general meeting for a company, it's exempted. You can hold a general meeting with more than four people. But how about extraordinary general meeting? That's not required by law. You need to hold a special meeting to pass something under the company, whether that's in breach of the uh, regulation. You know, that, that's something that's not very clear to us. So, you know, at least from the government point of view, they, they can issue more uh, clear guidance. Uh, uh, for us. But whether that will create uh, more businesses, yes, maybe you're right. <laughs> but, uh, uh, oh, okay, I, I, and, and dance teachers, Mr. Chan? Should dance teachers, teachers get the money? Um, I, 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 it's difficult for me to, to point out in a particular profession whether they should be or, or should not be uh, subsidised. But I think in general, the government can do a lot of things. For example, from the tax point of view, maybe, uh, they can postpone the uh, uh, tax payment, uh, uh, collection of taxes. Uh, for example, NPF, uh, they can you know, do something about that as well. So something very general, apply uh, through, uh, cut through all classes of uh, life in well, you, you can do something yourself. I mean, the Law Society charges um, very hefty membership fees to its members, doesn't it? Uh, oh, I can assure you that the Law Society is very actively looking into all sorts of financial assistances, including practicing certificate fees, including our indemnity fees, 
uh, and also our CBD requirements, continuous education requirements. We've actually announced already we're going to give leeway for members to fulfill their continuous education requirements, and we will give out free CBD courses. Um, so uh, from the Law Society point, we've, we've been uh, very actively looking into different ways to help our members. Uh, okay, here's an email from, from Mike and Mr Dykes. You might want to respond to this. Mike puts things uh, less delicately than I do. Mike says, if barristers need financial help, uh, why shouldn't physicians and dentists who put themselves at greater risk every day and find the slowdown hurting some specialists uh, get that same assistance? Uh, of course, the barristers could make a better argument. After all, that's their speciality, making arguments. My comment, suck it up and put on your big boy pants and stay home until June. That comes well, from Mike. Uh, yes, well, that's a helpful comment entirely. My observation was that self-employed people, whether they be barristers in the medical profession or dance teachers, should be provided assistance. That's the criterion, self-employed. I don't say that, uh, that uh, such assistance should um, cover 100% of uh, running expenses. Um, the Chancellor Exchequer in uh, Great Britain um, caps the um, assistance given to self-employed by reference to a figure of income each year. That's fairly, fairly modest, but it would provide something similar would provide assistance. It's captious and specious to pick out lawyers and say they're not worth uh, uh, they're not worth. They don't, don't have the social worth of doctors or dentists or, 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 or other people. Uh, I, I don't think that's what he was saying. He wasn't saying they don't have the, um, the social worth. But you're not in quite as close contact, are you, with your clients as a, uh, a dentist is? I mean, a dentist has to look into someone's mouth who, by virtue, can't wear face masks while they're doing it. Um, uh, there's nothing to when you meet your clients, you can well, wear that, face masks. That, 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 that's not a matter going towards whether or not assistance should be given. It goes to public health protections. It's an entirely different matter. Well, it shows that you, you, you're not perhaps at the same level of risk of go, trying to go ahead with that work. That And there is some uh, work you can still do, uh, even when courts are closed. There is still, even for barristers, there's some work you can still do. On oh, cases. Oh, oh, some, some, some of my members have some work. Some of them are completely idle, and I've been so for the past two and a half months. Uh, all right, some interesting comments from listeners. Uh, Jalal says, uh, there must be many lawyers who are wealthy and need no rainy day relief, those working on commercial and corporate matters. What I do find annoying in this debate is that no one seems to be uh, pointing to any nuance. What about junior barristers, those practising child protection or crime and those working on human rights? What about those receiving legal aid? Uh, many of them uh, must be living on a more modest income and they must be suffering after three months without work. Well, that, uh, that contributor makes exactly my point. Many of my members do uh, rely on illegal-aided work. They do work uh, in the family courts, and they are, as I say, doing nothing at the moment. Is legal aid totally shut down, or is legal aid department no, still... No, legal, legal aid is still uh, um, uh, tricking along. Um, the director of legal aid is prompted to try and Hasten payments that are due, but you must remember that uh, in the best of times, you can, you can wait for 
two, three years, it's not uncommon to be finally paid for legal aid work. All right, there's less sympathy from uh, other uh, correspondents. Phil B says, lawyers asking for assistance, what a joke. They charge outrageous fees and now plead poverty. The assistance from government should be prioritised and if lawyers want a slice of the cake, they should be at the bottom of the list. Uh, Phil B goes on, on another issue, I can't wait to hear what Claudia Moe has to say later in your programme. Uh, she will no doubt live up to her reputation of reprimanding government without offering any sensible suggestions. The Democrats have a huge role to play now that they have district council dominance, but do nothing constructive when they could be more proactive. They blow hot air from the comfort of their armchairs and rarely get their hands dirty. That's uh, Phil B. And Jenny Wu says, while I fully understand the hardship the society is going through now, I hope lawyers would refrain from asking for subsidies from the government. Other professional organisations in architecture, surveying or even dentistry may make similar requests. We should focus our resources on helping the poorest and needy in our society. The suggestion of asking landlords to help makes good sense. They are the winners through their smart investment strategies in the past and they're in a good position to waive tenants of rentals in the next few months. That comes from, from Jenny Wu. Um, what about that, uh, Mr Chan? Uh, we should focus our resources on helping the poorest and needy in our society and, and the legal profession are not generally among the poorest and needy in our society. I still come back to my earlier point that I, uh, I very much encourage the government to, uh, to do things that in the longer run to enhance the better access to justice, to improve the uh, court facilities so that our courts can be more modernized. Um, and in, in fact, on that point, we, we will have a new chief justice next year. Um, and as I understand that the new justice is on the uh, uh, Committee on Information Technology. Uh, so I hope that, uh, that that will certainly be go ahead with uh, modernizing our courts. And number one, that will uh, reduce uh, legal costs. And in the longer run, to provide more access to courts, uh, more efficiency in, in courtroom. So all that in the more longer run, I think it's actually more helpful uh, to the legal profession and also to the public as a whole. Okay, uh, more thoughts from listeners. Jay says, if lawyers weren't so expensive, the public would be able to take the government to court many times to change the laws to benefit the public. How much money do these people need? Sell the Porsche. Why can't the government come in immediately, subsidise electricity, subsidise water, stop the banks from charging 24 to 40% on credit cards, do a deal with PCCW so we don't have to pay high internet charges, give the public uh, 50,000 allowances over 10? Quite frankly, this government does very little for the low end of the scale, and we will be the ones who will lose our houses to the bank. We are the ones that will have to starve. That comes from, from Jay. Martin says, why should the legal profession be supported? Uh, they can't be compared to ordinary self-employed persons. It's a protected professional industry with very high barriers of entry. They don't face the same risk as other professions. That comes uh, from Martin. And Mr Pink says, even if one supports the idea that governments should provide some financial support to lawyers, they would surely be towards the back of a long queue of affected business. Governments should prioritise the hotel retail and restaurant trades first, where hundreds of thousands of low-income workers face imminent job losses. Most lawyers, particularly those that regularly appear on your show, are in the middle to upper income brackets and should be considered low priority for handouts. That comes from Mr Pink. Philip Dykes, there's quite a bit of hostility from our listeners here. It seems of like a legal profession, you, you, you have a bit of a perception problem well, here, to put it mildly. Second only to journalists, I think. Nobody, nobody likes a lawyer, except when they uh, really need them, and then they're, they're appreciated, you know. The contributions come in, which tends to suppose uh, that um, my members are best majority of them to try cautious, 
Can I use a footballing analogy? Uh, I do have uh, in my parish uh, equivalents of uh, Manchester City or Liverpool or Manchester United. They uh, high flying, do well. But the vast majority of my members are in the, the lower leagues. They're crew Alexandra, the Wigan Athletics of the world. And they do not, it's quite unrealistic to make a generalization to say all laws are, are wealthy. I happen to know that most young barristers are living at home with their parents because they can't afford yet to move out. Now, there may be others, other people in the same position, other self-employed people who uh, are in similar circumstances, provide assistance to them all. Don't make the distinction, oh, that's a lawyer. He is uh, somehow inferior, less deserving than the dance teacher, the planner, uh, the entrepreneur, the startup uh, individual. I, all I ask for is equity and parity. Some contribution. If it is the government to decide what what is appropriate, what the other priorities, all I'm saying is if you're going to support uh, limited companies uh, and the like, then you should also provide uh, support for self-employed. And as for diversification, you mentioned restaurants. Well, a restaurant, if worse comes to worse, can shift over to takeaway. But you do not have takeaway delivery of barristers at your doorstep. Okay? Okay. Philip Dykes, thank you very much indeed, the Defence Rests. Uh, and uh, uh, CM Chan, thank you very much indeed, Vice President of the Law Society of Hong Kong. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're going to be talking to uh, Claudia Mo, we hope, a lawmaker, after the news at nine. As ever, give us a call. You want to talk? 233-88266. You can uh, chat with her directly or drop us an email or comment on our Facebook page. The weather, mainly cloudy, a couple of light rain patches, relatively low visibility in some areas later. And the readings at the moment, 20 Celsius with a relative humidity now of 80%. 84%. Barrels in total. In recent weeks, the price of oil has fallen to its lowest level in nearly two decades. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Friday morning with Danny Gittings and me, Hugh Chiverton. We were talking in the first part of the programme uh, about uh, whether lawyers uh, should be uh, helped uh, one way or another, people in the legal profession, uh, by the administration, if they're helping other self-employed people. We heard uh, some of the arguments uh, for that case from uh, the uh, Bar Association and the uh, Law Society. Martin says in an email, bailing out lawyers sounds awfully like bailing out the rich with public money. Um, uh, what do you think? Uh, drop us an email back chat at rthk.hk or you can uh, comment on our Facebook page as ever. Here's one from Mike who says, What did I tell you? The Law Society made their argument well. It just wasn't a good argument. That's, uh, that's uh, Mike's take. Uh, well, we're joined in the this, this second part of the programme uh, by uh, Claudia Mo, uh, lawmaker with the Hong Kong First Party. Uh, if you want to talk directly uh, to her or uh, share your views, then and, uh, as ever, the telephone number is 233-88266. Just pick up the phone and we'll put you on air and you can talk to the whole of Hong Kong. Um, or you can uh, comment as ever on our Facebook page. That's Backchess and RTHK Radio 3. And on our Facebook page, uh, one comment picking up from the uh, discussion. In, in the first half of the show, we were talking about financial problems for lawyers. One issue that came up was the, uh, the high rents that many lawyers have to pay. Uh, 
Barbara, picking up on that, says, how about normal Hong Kong people who've already lost jobs from January, yet still should pay higher rent for their, la- their apartments every month? Landlords not only reduce rent, the high- higher rent under this condition just doesn't make sense. Thank you very much, Barbara. And uh, an email from Eve who says, now that it's clear that asymptomatic COVID-19 carriers are around us and the second wave of infections is due, why doesn't our government make face mark compulsory on MTR and public buses? Many office buildings don't allow you to enter without a face mask and temperature scan. If you can ban groups of four plus, isn't public transport a hot potato? By the way, is it possible that Hong Kong mortality is lower because they ignored WHO guidance on face masks? Unlike the Europeans, stay safe. That comes uh, from Eve. Claudia Mo, good morning to you. Morning. Thank you very much indeed for for joining us. Let's start with uh, with that uh, change in the administration's policy now uh, closing bars uh, from from today. Uh, what, what do you make of that? Well, there's plenty. Uh, there's been plenty of uh, inaction and uh, confusion on the part of Kerry Lam's regime. I mean that. To start with, she should have just uh, locked down all the uh, border controls with mainland China when our medics uh, staged the strike in the first place. But instead, uh, she warned them that uh, you can't, you shouldn't, you couldn't extort the government. And now uh, this confusion, I mean, every time there's uh, any problem anywhere, she would... uh, react like a firefighter. Oh, there's a fire there. Let's uh, go and put it out. She's not preventive in her campaign to fight this virus. Uh, She's been uh, uh, doing uh, all these uh, little uh, 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 measures thinking uh, that that people would just uh, uh, abide by uh, what she wants to do. But then the whole thing uh, it's a political decision in the first place. The refusal to shut down all border uh, controls uh, with China, mainland China, is it's obviously a decision taken over her head. You, and now, sorry. Yeah, you're really going back to what's almost ancient history now, because I mean, <laughs> that was that was I ancient mean that was more than a month history. ago, which is an age in the, this virus. Um, the cases are not coming from China now. The, the, the cases are coming from overseas, and um, a, a lot of overseas commentary seems to think that um, Hong Kong, which would include the Hong Kong government, has done a pretty good job in handling the virus by comparison to other countries. You must have seen the pieces in New York Times and so on, referring to Hong Kong but as a good example. That's exactly why Hong Kong people are feeling so resentful. We're thinking that uh, if only she had been a bit more clear-cut with her action in the first place, we wouldn't be in uh, where we are now. We're now in in a dire situation. Why the spread? And the people are convinced that Hong Kong has been used as some sort of transit point uh, in the beginning that uh, we welcome mainlanders here and, and who would just uh, fly out of Hong Kong. The wider spread is overwhelmingly from cases coming back from overseas. A tiny well, number of cases coming from China at the moment. We I mean, you, you know all these cases... Like, the, they're coming from exactly. Europe, they're yeah. coming from America. But then they're mostly from uh, uh, the returnees from overseas. And we cannot reject our own people coming back. But then... But why are we still open to uh, visitors, visitors, not uh, the Hong Kongers, 
from mainland China. Hubei is going to open up again uh, uh, on the 8th of this month. And uh, quite a few people have told me that that might be really the end of Hong Kong by then. Why would that be? I mean, the number of cases in Hubei these days would be a, a tiny fraction compared with the number of cases in America or UK. Well, exactly. Uh, if you choose to believe in the numbers the Chinese authorities give you, then uh, that's that. But otherwise, we are in, in a dire situation and uh, we need to, just to do more. Look, yesterday, completely out of the blue, we thought that there's no uh, alcohol ban in Hong Kong, okay. And then they suddenly announced this ban on all bars and pubs. So what's that about? Are you saying that's wrong? Are you saying they shouldn't have done that? I wouldn't say it's actually wrong. But if she would have made it more clear from the beginning that, OK, let's uh, slap a curfew on the whole of Hong Kong. Nobody's uh, allowed to go out except uh, walking the docks, <laughs> like what the Spain authorities have been doing. But then, no, she, she's doing measures bit by bit. She's been uh, drip-feeding Hong Kong people with her little measures. And uh, you would say, oh, thank God, at least our situation is not that uh, horrible compared to elsewhere. But if you look at the Hong Kong numbers, uh, uh, the cases that's been confirmed compared to the cases that's been uh, uh, tested, we just don't know the, the ratio because we don't know exactly how many people should have been tested. Uh, they avoid uh, that sort of numbers. So we don't know the ratio between confirmed cases and uh, the cases that should have been tested. And we can't compare. Look at Singapore. Singapore well, OK, but, a, but, a, but a, a fairly reliable measure is looking at the number of deaths per million of the population. Uh, and, and by that measure, we're doing extremely well. Uh, we only, we've only got four deaths here. We're doing very well, and so is Singapore, and so is Taiwan. And, and that's, a, that's a far more uh, reliable measure, surely. And, and, you know, that, and, and that's it's widely acknowledged, uh, that we have done extremely well in Hong Kong. And whether you give that credit to the, to the Hong Kong government or to the Hong Kong people, um, somebody should get it, because it does seem to be credit-worthy. You're quite right to say that uh, we should give credit to Hong Kong people because we knew something's not quite right and everyone's been uh, wearing a mask and all that. But uh, to say that oh, our number of deaths uh, have been so low that it means that uh, we're uh, very successful on that front. Now, you, you just can't measure the number of deaths as such that only uh, four people died. We just don't know, actually. Wait, sorry, you just don't know? You mean you think that more people might have died in Hong Kong than the, the official statistics? Yeah, it could have done, because uh, we wouldn't know the cause of death. And uh, we, we, we just can't compare the numbers, because... So many people have gone undetected. Well, no, if this was India, that would be one thing. But this is Hong Kong, and medicine is extremely centralised. And, you know, we're just a single city. We keep pretty good tabs on on what happens in, in, in Hong Kong. Uh, I tend to agree with this, uh, the medicine uh, uh, business, except uh, at the moment we're running out of hospital beds. You've heard cases where a patient has been confirmed for four whole days 
and he remained home stuck. And he, he was there, completely helpless. Why? Because he couldn't be sent to any quarantine facilities because everything is chock full. So what's been happening exactly? We don't know except the people are very much on the alert. We know how to protect ourselves. What do you think the government, you mentioned about the border with China, but let's put that aside, you already mentioned that. What else do you think the government should be doing that it's not doing now? Well, they should uh, the, seriously just uh, uh, announce the complete lockdown vis-a-vis our uh, the, the border with, uh, with China. Oh, come on, did you have anything else? I just said, you already mentioned the border of China. How about other things in Hong Kong? Is there any, or is it only the border of China is the only interest you have about... Um, uh, oh, yes, uh, that's seriously the, the key interest I've got. I mean, the, they can shut down every trade, every industry, every business, uh, one by one, <laughs> every day. So then the, the, what's uh, that going to do uh, the, for Hong Kong? Right? Uh, no bars, no pubs, and next what? It's all very discriminatory. You can't drink in pubs and bars, but you can still go to the Hong Kong club, you can go to the York club to drink. <laughs> well, what does that mean to Hong Kong? You need to be a bit more conscientious about all those bans. And if they can't do it, then that's that. The people will just carry on with their lives at home at the moment. Uh, okay, well, you've, you've beaten Mike. Uh, Mike <laughs> in an email says, Sorry, Miss Mo, you continue to be out of touch. I have to turn to Radio 4. You make my blood pressure raise too high. <laughs> that comes from uh, Mike. Wow, you won, you won that one. Uh, why don't you I give us a that. call, Mike? Okay, uh, and uh, in the first part well, of the he's program... He's not listening now, is he? No, he's not listening now. Uh, or is he? Um, no, so interesting question. I'm yeah. sure yeah, I'm sure he is. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll know in five minutes if we get another email. <laughs> um, uh, in the first part of the programme today, we, we, we were talking about uh, whether lawyers should, should get uh, support in one way or another from the administration. Uh, Mr Singh says, uh, a company that uh, is doing business for more than five years should not be given any money. Uh, if company runs a business for five years, meaning it's making profit, should use the money from savings. Moreover, whatever government gave will be paid back in tax. The government should help the poor or low-income families uh, only. That comes from, from uh, Mr Singh. And Jay says, if we did not have so many sneaky lawyers, documents designed and written by lawyers, life would be much more simple. We could read the documents and understand them. We wouldn't need a lawyer. But this is one of those businesses they've made for themselves. Just read government documents and look how we have been screwed up with the basic law. With basic law. That comes from, from uh, Jay. Uh, uh, Claudia Mo, do you think the legal profession, like other uh, self-employed people, uh, are worthy of assistance, should be helped in these extraordinary circumstances by the administration? Well, I have my reservations. I mean, lawyers, uh, we need to help. But what about accountants? What about journalists, for that matter, right? I think we should just help uh, all those who have become suddenly unemployed at the moment, if the government uh, uh, could just uh, figure out how to do it. I mean, the specific industries and trades, uh, why him, not me? As I was saying, this is just so discriminatory, right? Well, did you favour what they did in Britain, where they basically said 80% of income for everybody? Yeah, although that would be uh, the, 
uh, much more uh, fair way of doing it. Does that apply to the self-employed? I don't they, know. Initially it didn't, but then they did announce that they were going to apply it to the self-employed. It's more complicated. I think they used tax returns. Yeah, but, but, um, yeah, it, it is now going to apply tax returns. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It would be very complicated to work it out, but uh, it, it would be a, a very fair measure as far as I'm concerned. I mean, why particularly lawyers? I, I fail to understand. Would it be fair that... I've got all kinds of complaints from uh, various uh, professions, people in the printing industry, people who would be, uh, who would uh, print uh, birthday cards, wedding cards, uh, that sort of uh, business. And only yesterday, cat industry <laughs> in Hong Kong. I mean, they have uh, uh, grooming services, funeral services for your dogs and cats and so on, they are running out of business. So if you look at every profession one by one, it, it's a never-ending exercise. So instead of doing that, you just help the unemployed. You or or, or you, you help everyone as they as they do in the UK. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I should think uh, that's good. Yeah. All right. Uh, Phil B says uh, the Hong Kong club is closed. Uh... I, I think uh, they just announced it's a reopening, no? Maybe uh, I got uh, that wrong. I heard that last night. I don't know. But but my club, clubs that have um, bars, they're, they're going to be subject to the same law that the bars have. Any, anything predominantly selling alcohol is going to have to shut down, whether it's a, whether it's a bar or inside a club. Even oh, the FCC? Well, it would be very interesting to see what happens to the FCC no. today. I mean, uh, maybe they can keep the restaurant open. I can't see how the bar can remain open that predominantly serves alcohol. I thought the criterion was that, uh, that if your premises sole business is to sell alcohol, you need to shut down. But if it's a club, it, it does offer other facilities, don't they? I heard mentioned last night that um, you, if, if you have a bar, if, if, if you remain open, if you have a bar area or an area that serves predominantly alcohol, then that has to close. Oh, that uh, is something different from what I heard last night. This is right. a job for the lawyers, isn't it? It does perhaps illustrate the point about lack of clarity, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, a couple more comments. Uh, Jay says the police should be upping their quarantine checks. I want to hear prosecutions for those breaking quarantine. I want to hear lawyers being employed for prosecution of quarantine breakers. We do not want a second or third wave of different strains of this virus, especially from UK and Europe. Hong Kong people have done very well so far. We need the health workers to back this up again. That comes uh, from Jay. Phil B says, please invite sensible and reasonable people to your programme. Claudia Moe is making a fool of herself. <laughs> Our number is 233-88266. Okay. We've got a caller on the line now. Hello. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, good morning, uh, everybody. Look, uh, in, in, in SARS 2003, the government decided that it was going to help the, uh, the property owners by cancelling the landlord and tenant protection. It's now 17 years later and they haven't reenacted it. It isn't some, something that the government should be doing. Because the major expense in Hong Kong is two things, especially if you're uh, uh, European, that is uh, your, your rent and your school fees. Now, if you pay your school fees in Hong Kong, there's no tax break. So they tax you on what you have to pay to the international school. So the government could be proactive here. It's a great opportunity for them. You're saying that the government should um, enact better protection for tenants? Of course, why not? 
Well, I mean, what, you, you said presumably because of the crisis at the moment that you, you should do it, but that kind of thing takes time. The legislation is still there. They just have to uh, press the start button. I mean, they basically uh, took the protection away from all tenants in Hong Kong to, to, to look after the, uh, the property owners. But I think you, you're talking about this is protection against tenants being evicted, right? But, I mean, it's very unlikely landlords would... Uh, if they evict their tenants in the current situation, they're not going to get another tenant instead. So Hong Kong, Hong Kong is probably the only place in the world where the, the, the property owners are not negotiable. They'd rather keep the place empty than negotiate a lower rent. But what's the point if you have a tenant, a tenant in there to evict the tenant so you're going to have an empty property instead. Well, maybe if you're planning to sell it, but again, you're not going to be able to sell it at the moment. So uh, you, I would have thought tenants are less risk of eviction in the current situation than in, in, in a better economy. So you're saying that the government shouldn't be uh, helping the, the people of Hong Kong who have to pay these horrendous rents? Well, I'm just putting back to you some suggestions about the current situation that it, it's likely to be in during a, a downturn when um, uh, landlords are presumably less likely to want to get rid of tenants. You're a lawyer, aren't you? <laughs> not practising. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my hat that I'm wearing this, wearing this morning. But in, in, in any case, um, isn't, isn't that a point, that the tenants presumably are under less threat at the moment than they, they would be in normal circumstances? Anyway, I'm throwing it out there. Okay. The government should be listening because uh, they've got little else to do. They're supposed to be working from home. <laughs> Thank you very much uh, for the suggestion. Some, some, maybe they can come up with something proactive and, and reenact the landlord-tenant ordinance. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the session. Pointing it back to the parallel, the, it dates back to the change, dates back to SARS. Okay, comment from uh, Drake and an email. He says Wuhan doctors told Apple Daily that their hospitals were ordered to stop offering high accuracy blood tests of the coronavirus. A doctor was startled when all patients were discharged before blood tests could be arranged. The doctor said, frankly, that this is a kind of political diagnosis and political cure. That's from the 19th of March. Was that an email that you sent out actually in, in, in March? Uh, great. Uh, uh, DW says uh, on Claudia Mo fact check, she mentioned that people can still drink in the Hong Kong club, but it closed in late March before any measure the government, Hong Kong government, introduced. Is she as connected to reality as she claims? Asks uh, DW. Thank you very much indeed for that. And uh, our number is two three three eight eight two six six. And we've got a Radio Four listener on the line now. I think. Good morning. Well, somebody called me and said that. You needed a little bit of comic relief this morning, so I got—I didn't know what that was all about. So you decided but, not to switch off after all. I've got—I got one thing. I've got, I just got one thing to say. Viva la Trump! I mean, listen, listen. The IRD can find me any place. All they need to do is give me my ten thousand. I mean, were we supposed to all get ten thousand dollars? You know, we haven't mentioned Donald Trump once on this show this morning until you came well, along. I'm telling you, he really put his finger on the pulse, didn't he? He sent in everybody, you know, like $1,200. And that's, that's, that's right across the board. So the IRD could start doing their job and reverse it. And, uh, you know, let's, let's all get our $10,000. But only a minority of people in Hong Kong pay tax. So you'd be leaving out the vast majority of the Hong Kong population. Ah, uh, yes, but you know what? Guess what? If you're not paying tax, you don't get it. <laughs> but, you know, you're still registered. I mean, the IRD still has your ID number. And the reason why you're not paying tax is because they know how much money you're making or not making. 
Okay. Uh, Everybody still has to file. So, um, you know, hey, get on, it, get on it. Carrie Lamb has got something to do. She can start writing checks. All right, Mike. Thank you. Are you going to stay with us on Radio Free, Mike? No, oh, no, I'm going back to Radio Free. Why, why does blood pressure? Come on. Why does Claudia Mayo annoy you? Hello. You know, yeah. it's Claudia. Used to be. I used to be a, a tremendous fan of yours. You uh, but be. you know, used to be. But you have to be able. I'm. I'm afraid your children are influencing you that want to go out and riot because you know the police aren't all bad. The police are, you know, without the police, and during all this turmoil, they have been doing a fantastic job. I mean, there were some break-ins around my house. I mean, the CID were here in minutes, and they just continue to do work behind the scenes, and, um, you know, yeah, it, you've been painting them with one stroke, and I just... I don't think that's fair. All right, Mike. Okay. I, I can uh, respond to that uh, to correct uh, your li uh, listener. Uh, I used to, I used to uh, speak uh, as a legco uh, on the police uh, issues with uh, the following line, and that is, there are good police in Hong Kong. Okay, I never suggested in any way that all police are bad. No way. I mean, it's just like uh, uh, Hong Kong journalists are irresponsible. I heard that uh, uh, more than once, and it's just not a fair comment. But I think it's 95% of the police force are that good, and there may be 5% of the guys that are a little bit, uh, yeah, that have been very heavy. No, I'm not going to argue with you uh, over numbers, but then there are bad police out there as well. Oh, all right, okay. okay. <laughs> All right, Mike. Thank many, many thanks for your for, for your call as ever. Okay, stay with us on Radio Free. Quite, quite a lot of emails on on, on other topics other topics as well. Uh, Michael says hi. China and I regretfully include Hong Kong in this is among a handful of countries that seems to have uh, uh, the at least the death rate from this virus under control. My concern is that when this global problem begins to fade away, there'll be a huge backlash on the countries and particularly China for starting it. With countries getting into huge debt, will there be any other solution than a war of some sort? Asks Michael, and starting it is in is in inverted commas. Um, yeah, okay, that's from Drake. All right. Uh, uh, Nigel says low wage earners do not need to file tax returns. The statement by a listener is, is not correct. And uh, Nigel uh, also uh, thoughtfully, uh, it was Nigel, yeah, uh, sends a message from the uh, Hong Kong Club uh, pointing out that they are opening with effect from Saturday. Uh, it's tomorrow, exactly. isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, we've had a call, an off, off air caller bar, saying the same thing as yeah, well. Including the members' bar and the bowling alley bar and the barbershop, uh, and so on. Uh, uh, all right, thank you very much indeed uh, for that. Um, uh, any more emails on other countries? Okay, Sam says, uh, other countries in the world want every establishment to retain employees while the civil servants enjoy salaries. What about others, the lower rungs in society? Talking of lower-end employees, the government has considered the judiciary's part-time interpreters. They keep the wheels of Hong Kong turning as this is a multi-ethnic society. They're the most vulnerable. The newly elected Boy Scouts of District Council need to check what's happening to the employees of private kindergartens. I'm aware of a certain kindergartens ask their teachers to take a pay cut of 80%. Yet continue online teaching. The government need to reach out to the grassroots 
level and find out if the district count if the district councils are unable to do so. For a restaurant to keep going, people need the money to buy the food. Isn't it better to do away with the ten thousand handout and the government to order landlords freeze rents on all tenants with a housing or commercial establishments for six months? Also, banks to freeze mortgage payments for the same period of time on uh, single ownerships. Um, uh, Nick says, Claudia Mo, we are in, quote, we are in dire straits, unquote. Comparing to the rest of the world, we're in heaven. Everything she says is politically motivated, talks complete rubbish. Uh, and then we've had a, a, a few emails on the issue of uh, RTHK, and, and maybe, uh, Claudia Mo, you want to uh, just uh, talk about that finally. Um, Matthew says the ongoing campaign against RTHK by the pro-CCP propaganda machine has now escalated and spilled over the WHO and Wuhan virus pandemic issue, with Hong Kong government last night reprimanding and effectively censoring RTHK for using the T-word in an interview with the WHO assistant director. The interviewer asked a perfectly legitimate question about Taiwan's handling of the crisis and whether the WHO would consider them to be members. The WHO interviewee effectively terminated the interview. This shows just how precarious freedom of speech has become in Hong Kong and also in the WHO as a result of CCP uh, interference. Bowen says the statement of the spokesman for the Secretary for Commerce and Economic Development that, quote, it's common knowledge that WHO membership is based on sovereign states is only largely but not totally correct. Bowen says non-state entities can become associate members with full information but limited participation and voting rights. Puerto Rico and Tokelau, a dependent territory of New Zealand, are currently associate members. It's difficult to see how RTHK produces Yvonne Tong has breached the One China principle just by asking WHO's Brees Elwood once in the last episode of The Pulse if the WHO would reconsider Taiwan's membership when a dependent territory with only three tropical coral atolls uh, was allowed to become associate member. Dr Elwood could have given the same answer as the one given by Edward Yao's spokesman, although WHO's explanation following the interview that questions of membership of the organisation were up to member states, not staff, would have been a more accurate reply, and the discussion could then branch off. Maybe the moment of truth has come, as it has many times under the mainland system. All citizens are legally obliged to be tentacles of the state and to obtain all kinds of information, including sensitive informative of other states, while the media is a branch of the central government and its job is presumably not just to take the government's propositions and policies as a sacred text, but also to help advance its goals and missions through journalistic work. That's why we need one country, two systems. The government's recent moves, including statements from Edmund Yao's office, seek to abrogate hitherto well-understood aspects of a journalist's work in Hong Kong, such as exploring the different possibilities which could develop in complex and fluid situations, and assessing stalemates from different angles so as to help facilitate finding possible ways out. The Guardian's report of the 30th of March gives a comprehensive bird's eye view of the exchange between Yvonne Tong and uh, Bruce Aylwood. Uh, and um, David says in an email, I'm appalled that uh, Edward Yao has accused RTHK of breaching the One China policy. Uh, Dr. Elwood appeared to pretend not to hear the question as to whether WHO will reconsider Taiwan's membership. Taiwan is few, one of the few places in the world which has successfully stemmed the coronavirus without resorting to draconian measures. The question was legitimate and deserved a civil and considered answer, instead of which Dr. Elwood abruptly ended the interview. It's disturbing that WHO has become so highly politicised that it will not enter into positive dialogue on Taiwan's action in stemming the virus. Mr Yao is now holding the RTHK director responsible for deviating from its charter. This is ludicrous. There'd be no breach of the charter and the small-mindedness of the Hong Kong government bureaucracy uh, is worrying. That comes uh, from, from David. Uh, Claudia Mo, do you want to... Uh, your, your thoughts on that, that uh, case? Yeah, I think it's a very 
I particularly agree with uh, the, the, the points raised by David, uh, your last uh, listener's message. I mean, the whole thing is uh, very clearly politically motivated. I mean, it, it amounts to political censorship these are the RTHK. You shouldn't have uh, after that Taiwan question about uh, the WHO uh, uh, membership. I mean, what on earth? Why not? I mean, does it mean that RTHK will not be uh, allowed to cover any Taiwan elections, the presidential election last year, say, or anything uh, that's uh, Taiwan? If you have to apply one country, two systems, or this one China policy, rather, on uh, journalistic work, uh, does it mean that RTHK will not be allowed to uh, interview, say, the Dalai Lama or have uh, any uh, documentary done on uh, the Xinjiang situation, right? This is never-ending, and this is just ludicrous. Okay. Completely preposterous. All right, a couple more emails to finish off. Pete says, yes, compared to the Europe and the US, we are doing well. Compared to before, when the students came back, we have up to 20 times more case, new cases a day. Compared to China, we're not doing well. We have, new, we have more new cases a day with a population of 7 million. Uh, John Kowloon says, Claudia Mo has, not surprisingly, provided zero value add on this morning show. Indeed, the ease with which the host Hugh and Danny have defeated her anti-lamb arguments on COVID-19 actually supports the view that the Hong Kong government has done a good job in dealing with the virus. And uh, S gets the last word. The rest of the clubs, including Hong Kong Country Club and the Ladies' Recreation Club, are open. Uh, S, thank you very much indeed for that. Cla <laughs> Claudia Mo, thank you very much indeed for, for, for joining us today. And uh, Danny, many thanks to uh, you. And uh, you'll be in the chat next yeah, week. Yeah, will do. Most, Join us. Most of the week. Uh, we'll see if we can get uh, uh, Junius Ho, perhaps, or somebody else to, to, to <laughs> talk you. about uh, RTHK. <laughs> Obviously, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky subject uh, for us to, uh, to deal with in, in RTHK. So we'll, we'll try and get a balanced uh, view, and we'll invite them. And uh, basically, if we if we can only get one side, then or uh, only get the uh, the four RTHK, we probably uh, won't do it as a topic in its own right. But you're welcome to to uh, share your thoughts by uh, email. Uh, anyway, the weather mainly cloudy, a couple of rain patches, and relatively low visibility in some areas. Maximum temperature about 22 degrees. Windy in the next couple of days. There'll be heavy showers and thunderstorms on Sunday and Monday. 20 degrees now. Humidity 86%. Have a good weekend.